You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is Jeff Fedotin with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, Joe Valerio, the former Kansas City Chiefs offensive lineman, and I discussed the Raiders. It's Raiders week. So we're going to look back to the past. Joe's going to sh- share some stories. And we're also going to preview this weekend's tilt, which could really determine the AFC West. How's it going, Joe? Jeff, it's going great. How could it be any better? It's Raider week. And how lucky are Chiefs fans that they get to experience this twice every year? It's an amazing week. I'm so excited for this game. I'm excited where this team is going. And I can't wait to see how they look coming off the bye week and ended up you know, with the Raiders in this part of the schedule. I think it's fantastic timing. Twice a year is great. And this year's matchup, though, is a little bit more meaningful. You know, the past – Several times I've met, the Raiders really haven't been in contention. Mm-hmm. This is really like the AFC West is on the line. The Chiefs are 7-4. The Raiders are 6-5. and five. If the Chiefs win, you know, they've got a couple-game cushion, and they also have the tail – excuse me, they also have the tiebreaker over them. So they're really in good shape to lock up the division. But uh, before we get to this week's game, uh, I want to talk about a little bit about when you played, Joe, um, sure. and the Mar- Marty Schottenheimer era. When he coached from 1989 to 1998, he really dominated the Silver and Black. They were eight, the Chiefs were 18 and three against the Raiders. That's amazing, isn't it? That's an unbelievable win-loss record against one team. It just shows you that you know Marty. To hate, I hate to use the cliche, but Marty had the Raiders' number, and it was an amazing run. Uh, that he had throughout the 90s uh, playing against the Raiders. I think a lot of it, Jeff, had to do with how he approached the game. It was literally the only game that we ever made anything out of because, you know, Marty was one of those coaches that espoused the philosophy, your biggest game, your most important game is your next game. And he was not somebody who looked at opponents differently based on their record, where they were in the playoff standings, or what their history looked like, except for the Raiders. And it shows, obviously, an 18-3 and record. Yeah, and you were a big part of that 18-3 and record too, Joe. You were in a lot of those games. So tell me, take me through, take us through 
uh, Raider Week. What was it? Did he have like a specific speech? Did he bring in some of the old guard? Like how how did he approach that week and what made you guys so successful with against the Raiders? You know, it's so great. It's, it's interesting that you say that, Jeff, and it's, it's a very astute comment because he did bring in the old guard. He, you know, he always had alums around. Well, the Chiefs mm-hmm. organization in general, not just Marty, have always had uh-huh. alums around. But Man, I'll tell you, the former players during this week seemed to come out of the woodwork, and they were always present, and they would tell us the stories of Raiders games in the past, and you could hear John Facenda and the autumn wind, da 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 You know, like, it just, it made you think of being, a, you know, it made me think of my childhood and what mm-hmm. the Raiders meant to the NFL and, and how it all came about that they, you know, had this incredible reputation of being the bad boys in the NFL and the reputation or the, uh, you know, not the reputation, but the, the rivalry that they mm-hmm. had with the chiefs. It was really historic. And, you know, Art Shell makes me think about Art Shell. You know, here was a guy that was silver and black, right? I mean, that guy, he bled the colors and, and he played there for so long. He had an illustrious career. He was an amazing player. He was a head coach of the team and he comes to the chiefs. Right mm-hmm. in 1994, Art Shell, like the Raider. You don't get more Raider than Art Shell. I mean, no. he, he was uh, a great line for him for them, and then he was their head coach. I mean, you, he kind of personified the silver and black. He really did, and he comes to us, and I'll never forget the first mini camp meeting. You know, when he showed up, and Coach Schottenheimer introduced uh, Coach Shell to the team. And Coach Shell just looked at us all, and I couldn't not see him in the silver and black. <laughs> and here he is now, and he's in yellow and red. And we're all looking at him, and he just looked at us, and, and, and Art was a man of few words, uh, big actions, but few words. And he looked at us, and he said, just want to let you guys know something. I'm happy to be here, because if you can't beat them, you join them. And that said it all, <laughs> right? That just, like, that, just, that just set us off on a path with you know, working with Art Shell and knowing he was really dedicated to being a part of the Chiefs organization, and, and we, we went crazy. And, and he really brought – you know, he did bring a little bit of that edge to us, mm-hmm. I think, as, as a line coach especially. He, he was able to, you know, pull that history in uh, from the game's past and from the history of that, of that rivalry and make us feel it, make us be really even more passionate about the rivalry, even though he was flipping sides. How do you think that you guys – uh, were su- so successful during your time and even a little bit before your time too. Was it just, uh, yeah, what accounts for that great record of, of, of Marty against the Chiefs? Excuse preparation. Me, against the Raiders. Yeah. Preparation, Pre- you preparation. said. Preparation. You know, Coach Schottenheimer knew how to get us prepared, but I think we were always a little, not that you, you can be extra prepared because it's mm-hmm. the NFL and, you, should, you know, it's your job and you should be prepared for every game. But, you know, there is something about those rivalries, right? There's something about the history and, and, and like I said, hearing, hearing John Facenda and hearing that theme uh, song of the Raiders and thinking about some of the storied players that had gone through the organization, the Lyle Alzados, the John Matuzaks, the Ted Hendrickson, always makes me think about a story that Art Shell told us once when, when they were having a really rough training camp with Coach Madden, John Madden's working them to the bone. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, John Matuzak and Ted Hendricks don't show up for uh, lunch, which was considered a team meeting slash team meal, you know, big fine if you don't show up, big penalties. And they all went back out to the field for their second of the two-a-day practices without having ever caught up with uh, Ted Hendricks or John Matuzak. And there they were at the 50-yard line of the practice field. They were both fully dressed in their uniforms, 
and they were sitting at a table that had a big umbrella, like a big sunbrella over the top of it. And there were these tuxedoed waiters and they had all these silver plates and platters all on a table, this big fancy dinner with flowers or lunch with flowers in the middle of the table. And they both looked up at coach Madden when he came off the field and he said, coach, we just wanted to work so hard. We figured we'd eat on the field and coach Madden started laughing and he, he gave the team the day off. He gave him the rest of the day off where he hadn't given him a day off in about a week and a half. Coach Shell said, I mean, they were that kind of organization, right? That the Raiders always had those little stories about them. You hear Howie Long and, and those guys that, uh, you know, we had a chance to play against in, mm-hmm. in the nineties and, you know, it just, it was, it was a, there was a lot of emotion around the game and, and we were lucky to have coach Schottenheimer. And I think that this chief team is lucky to have coach Reed. When you look at his record um, against this team as well. I mean, he's 11 and two against the Raiders. I think a lot of it has to do with the preparation coupled with the emotion uh, and thinking about playing for all those past players that you get to represent when Mm -hmm. you're out on the field. That is a great story, by the way, uh, about their lunch on the field. And that's kind of what makes the Raiders, uh, you know, such a good foil. That they're a little zany, they're a little eccentric, and they're a little bit rebellious. Sometimes they go over the edge. You think of penalties and some dirty tactics. When you were playing against them, was there an extra level of dirtiness on the, you know, on the line of scrimmage? Were they talking a lot? Was Describe kind of what the game was like when you were playing. Yeah, there was there was always a little bit of jawing that went on with the Raiders, right? Because they knew they knew the history of it, and they always knew the implications of it, right? It'd be different if it was a, a historical rivalry that was out of conference or you know mm-hmm. out of division. Um, I mean, you you have to play these guys twice a year, right? So you know each other, uh, you know that that history is there, you know that the rivalry is there, and you know that every Raiders game something was on the line. You know, they were either going to try and knock you out of the playoffs or, you know, you were going to try to knock them out of the playoffs. I mean, that that was the kind of level of intensity that you had around that game. I mean, like for most of the AFC West, but there was just something, you know, extra special about this game. You know, the fact that we swore that Al Davis, you know, would cause traffic jams. Uh, (laughs) He would uh, send helicopters over our field. Uh, you know, everybody always joke whenever there was a helicopter flying over the Arrowhead practice facility, practice facility, everybody would always say, oh, there's Al Davis sending in the spies, you know, k- taking a look at our practice. And, you know, w- you know, we'd always be a little bit extra late to um, to our uh, to our to the field and to the hotel, because we, we literally thought that, you know, Al Davis was, you know, sending cars to crash and paying people off to, you know, divert traffic on the highways because he just wanted to get that little extra edge. You know, when you think about being three and 18 versus Coach Schottenheimer, he was always looking for a little something. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll never forget in, in 1992, we were playing uh, the Raiders in, in um, I guess they were obviously still in, well, I guess they were in LA by that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were at the Coliseum, and Brian Barker was our punter. So we were, I was, you know, long snapping at the time. So Brian and I would go out early before the games. And, and, and Al Davis was standing right where we were uh, trying to get our punts, right? So, so you know, you have, you have to kind of like swap the field a little bit, right? Because you're practicing your punting and your kicks. And there's, and, and Al Davis was standing right where I think we think he knew Brian wanted to be punting. So Brian kind of looked at me and said, All right, Joe, snap it back, watch this. So he fires one down the field. And I mean, it lands right next to Al Davis, almost hits him. And he looks up and he kind of says, hey, what are you guys doing down there? So a couple of the players, you know, they start jawing, hey, what are you doing? 
So Brian says, well, if he doesn't want to move, then I'm going to send another one. And, you know, NFL punters, man, those guys can drop one on a dime, right? right and he sends another one, and it, it skims him, and it goes right down. It hits him right in, the, hits right in the ground, right by his feet. Next thing you know, there's like five Raiders running up the field. There's five Chiefs running down the field. <laughs> and everybody had to, you know, Coach Schottenheimer had to come in the middle and break us all up. It was, we almost had a brawl before the game even started just because we were trying to hit Al Davis with some practice punts. But that he wouldn't get great. out of the way. Did See, he just, finally yeah. move? Did he finally move after all those close he calls? He finally moved after the <laughs> scuffle. I think he, it only took two uh, close calls and a near brawl yeah. for him to finally move. That's exactly. Great. Always looking for an edge. Al Davis was always looking for an edge. Did you have a most memorable victory uh, during your days playing against the Raiders? Um, I'd have to probably say, um, hmm. Probably that game where we, you know, right before we went to the playoffs, right? So and then we had to play them again in the playoffs. So I, I think, you know, having to play them twice in one season uh, or three times in one season mm-hmm. was probably my most memorable sort of Raiders season was, you know, having, having to play them three times and play them in the playoffs. Uh, you know, that was, you know, that, that was pretty magical, right, to have to play a team like that. And to get remember, to get to do it, not just twice, but three times. I remember watching that, and that's incredible. And to uh, speaks to you, speaks to Marty, speaks to the Chiefs to beat a team and then come around and beat them the very next week. Oh. That is, I mean, that that's showing, like you said, it gets back to the preparation and all those other traits that uh, you guys had that Marty had to be able to pull that yeah. off. That's really impressive. It's, it's pretty amazing. It meant so much to me. That rivalry meant so much to me. Um, you know, for all the you know. Chiefs fans out there that are electric football fans. I'm, I'm a big electric football fan. <laughs> so, so uh, I have, I have a, um, a Monday night football edition of, of uh, electric football. You know, you, you turn a little thing on and it vibrates the table mm-hmm. and all the players move around. You can adjust their bases. Well, I have a replica of the 1993 Chiefs versus Raiders. So, <laughs> you know, those, those, those electric football games, you know, they come in a box and you can order teams and different things like that. So I ended up ordering some some extra players so I got the Chiefs versus the Raiders and I I actually matched up all the numbers from the 1993 Chiefs Raiders rivalry and uh you know so I, I have I have that uh electric football set up in my house so I wish this were like a video podcast I'd, I'd get to show the fans you know this cool uh replica I have of that Joe, this is a hobby that I, I didn't know you had, you know, yeah. and it's, it's a, I'm a little, you know, it's a very specific, your, your attention to detail, we all appreciate on this podcast. Yeah. I'm really, <laughs> but apparently you bring it to electric football too. Exactly. Exactly. And of course the Chiefs always win. Uh, they have to win. I can't, you know, I can't deny that. It's always a home game at Arrowhead. Hey, just, you know, that's a, they always won in the Marty era too. And you know what, as you pointed out, they've won a lot in the Andy Reid era. You know, they're 11 and two um, since Andy Reid became coach of the uh, Chiefs against the Raiders. Uh, They're three and oh right now against John Gruden. Um, So yeah, a lot, a lot to Andy Reid certainly seems to uh, have taken the mantle from Marty Schottenheimer as far as success against the Raiders. Uh, so that brings us to Sunday's games. Mm. You know, they played already in week two, uh, 28-10 win by the Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid on Monday spoke about it, and he said he didn't put much stock in it. The game was a long time ago. It was a very weird game. The Raiders jumped out to a 10 nothing lead, um, and you thought, oh, maybe something could happen. Then the Chiefs scored 28 points in the oh, second quarter. Just Perfect second uh, quarter. Perfect second quarter, just a blitz of points. And then nobody scored after that. Just a really bizarre game. So anyhow, as we go to round two, what do you see? How do you uh, 
what do you see happening in this game? Well, what I see, you know, having watched, you know, obviously, you know, the Chiefs this season and, and watched some of the Raiders games, have, haven't seen them all, obviously saw the, the Chiefs-Raiders game, watched, you know, watched their last game against the Jets where, you know, I, I think that was an abomination. I, I, I think we need to throw that one out. I think, I, I think a, they might have been looking ahead. I mean, that's the only thing. And the Jets have gotten a little bit better. They've yeah, now won three but, in a row. Darnold's back. But you're right. That was so bizarre. They pulled the guys early. They pulled Derek Carr um, very early from that game. I, I think they've got to have been looking ahead toward this huge game at Arrowhead. Yeah, this is, this is a big game. I, I, you know, don't discount what the Raiders are doing and what they're mm-hmm. building. They're a young team. You know, we all know that Coach Gruden can do the mm-hmm. job. He's a, good, he's a good, solid coach who, who – players want to play for they like him I, I listened to part of his press conference uh, after the Jets game and uh-huh. I was absolutely impressed with his positivity that he brought out of, you know some coaches would have been so down and they would have been ripping the team you know they would have been you know blaming everything from you know the penalties to this to that and the other thing he was so positive coming out talking about the things that they're building and the things that they're doing to get better each week so I was I was really impressed with that and I think what, you know, what they need to do is, you know, the Chiefs need to obviously they got to stop the run game, right? Josh Jacobs is, you know, he's a one-headed monster. We've been talking about that at several of our podcasts so far, right? We've been talking about this whole running back by committee. We've been talking about, you know, uh, running backs that can, that can take over a game. I think Josh Jacobs is one of those running backs. And, and if we're not careful, that rookie sensation can, he can run. And, and they've got a pretty decent line. You know, I, I, I went back to the football outsiders, right, just doing mm-hmm. the whole stat thing and some of the metrics and analytics. And they've got a pretty decent line that's playing pretty well. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're pass protecting well. They're, they're, they're protecting Carr. They're getting some movement up front. You don't see a lot of tackles for loss. They, they gain yards each play. Um, I, I, think this, I think this Raiders team is um, – we don't want to look past them to the Patriots, right? I don't think you can at Raider week. I really don't. But, you know, we don't want to be thinking about the pressure of what that Patriots game is going to be like. And That's I think they really have to, they have to get after Derek Carr uh, and they got to stop Josh Jacobs. You make a good point about Jacobs because I'm sure that's the Raiders' game plan. You know, that's how teams, as we've talked about, how like the Texans and the Colts, that, that's how they've beaten the, the Chiefs is that you emphasize the run game, you expose uh, the Chiefs' run defense, which has been a weakness. They're 30th against mm-hmm. uh, the run, the defense is. And that way, also by emphasizing the run, uh, you keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Uh, and Josh Jacobs did have a pretty good game he had 99 yards. He averaged eight more than eight yards a carry in week two. So that is a concern. It's yeah. an interesting matchup because while the run defense is what uh, the Raiders want to exploit and use that big offensive line that you mentioned, uh, conversely, the Raiders have a big time weakness and that's their pass defense, which still ranks 28th yeah. in the league. And Mahomes certainly did that the first go round. I mean, Sam Darnold, who's still a little wet behind the ears, he did that last week. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers had his only perfect game of his career. He counted mm-hmm. for five touch. He threw for five touchdowns against him. And then, of course, um, Mahomes really destroyed him. 30 of 44 passes for four, 43 yards and four touchdowns. So it's kind of the uh, Raiders pass D, the Chiefs 
week rundy which of you know is going to be an interesting matchup to see who can exploit who yeah coach gruden addressed it pretty specifically in in one of his press conferences that i happened to hear and you know he's he's very worried about that streaky Mm -hmm. uh you know wide receiver core that we have that can just streak down the field they can they can get between the zone using their speed they can beat man coverage when they're healthy um you know especially you know with with tyreek being back i mean you know without him you know the man other teams can get man to man to work, but with him in there, it, it, it just blows everything up because then you got Travis coming underneath. I, I think with him healthy, uh, with Patrick getting his timing down, with the offensive line continuing to hold the pass protection and 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 do a really good job up front uh, protecting Patrick, I, you know, I can't see anything but good things happening in the in the pass game. I think one of the biggest matchups that I'm ex- most excited to, to watch is um, is Mitchell Schwartz against Max Crosby. I think that's really come be, on. Crosby is, is a rookie who's really come on the last few weeks. I mean, he is really finding himself. I mean, you know, look, I know it's Raiders week and maybe I'm having little flashbacks of, you know, <laughs> of the 90s, but he does remind me a little bit of Howie Long. You and, know, and we know Howie Long. Right. He's got the same body type. He's got the same push. Uh, you know, Howie didn't have big moves. He, he, Howie Long was not going to be the guy that was going to, like dip his shoulder and you know and come underneath and 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 beat you with his speed like a Derek Thomas you know how he was he was just he just he was relentless he just came after you came after you and he and then he would find a weakness in either your hands or your feet and then he'd expose it for that big sack at just the right time that's what I see when I watch Max Crosby so I I hope the fans you know take a look watch that matchup between Mitchell Schwartz and Max Crosby I think they're both very athletic uh, Max Crosby's got a good motor, as does we all know Mitchell Schwartz does, right? The guy's a, he's an Iron Man, and he's got great feet, and he's very strong. I think that's going to be I think that's going to be the matchup of the day, because it's because it's going to be coming from Pat's front side, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing to get hit from the backside on your blind. Everybody, you know, everybody talks about the blind side, right? Nobody mm-hmm. wants you. You want your left tackle to be your best pass protector, and and people generally rush their best pass rusher on the blind side. But, you know, you can be so disruptive when you get into a quarterback's face. And, and next thing you know, you know, you're pressuring the quarterback to go left. And, you know, Pat, Pat can go left, but there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can go left. And it's, it's frustrating for a quarterback to be having to move that direction because, you know, if you're a right-handed quarterback, you know, you, you want to be going to your right. It's just natural, right? And I think that's why I think that's such a big matchup. Even though it might be a little counterintuitive, the, the left tackle versus right defensive end, in this case, it's the right tackle versus the left defensive end. I think it's going to be the biggest matchup of the day on both sides of the ball. You mentioned how Max Crosby resembles a little bit of a young Howie Long who you had to face as a young player. Do you see Mitchell Schwartz going with the Joe Valerio technique of trying to hold him every play? I think he should. And then if the <laughs> officials catch him, he should just say, hey, look, I'm holding Max Crosby on every play. Uh, you know, it's, it's just you know, humor can – cure a lot of things. Uh, you know, if you just uh, make people laugh, they can forget about stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a really nice matchup and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch that one uh, and to see how that unfolds. You know, you mentioned uh, how difficult a matchup the receivers are for the young Raiders secondary. Mahomes threw for well over 400 yards in that previous matchup. Tyree killed him play. He was out for mm-hmm. that game because he was injured in week one, hurt his shoulder. 
really likely to play in this one. So that's just another factor there. Um, and we, we've both been impressed with, we both watched some Gruden's press conference after that uh, debacle against the Gents, and we're impressed by his message. Another interesting subplot of this game is, oh, you think they're arch rivals and stuff. Gruden and Reed are actually very close. They were on the yeah. same coaching staff in Green Bay uh, from 1992 to 1994. Both offensive assistants have like cubicles next to each other. And then Gruden actually left Green Bay. Uh, Andy Reed was still there to become the Eagles offensive coordinator. Um, and then, then he would go from there to his first stint as Raiders head coach. But then, Andy Reid went to Philadelphia to become the head coach. Mm-hmm. So they're very in, intertwined. And I yeah. think that's another kind of interesting to see. You know, they both know what they're gonna, each other is going to do. Off, they're both offensive gurus. That's going to be another fun thing to watch. Yeah, Jeff, that's a great point. I mean, you know, when, when the, you know, it's always funny. To, I love watching the coaches put the uh, – they like to put their play sheets <laughs> play over sheet, their mouths, yeah. right? When exactly. I don't, I don't know who's, who's lip reading, but I guess they're – some somewhere along the line, somebody must have been afraid that somebody was filming them talking. Um, but you I'm know, doing those it with pl- my podcast notes too. Exactly. Just I never know who's going to try and you know copy <laughs> our right. They're going to want our stats. They're going to want our stories. <laughs> but you know, the, I bet I bet their play sheets are very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like you said, they're very intertwined. They've got a lot of history, and it's going to be a great chess match from that aspect. I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something fans should really be taking a look at in this game is, is the coaching chess match that's going to go on uh, with, you know, personnel decisions, play calling, you know, special teams, you know, whether it might try Somebody's going to try something a little funky in this game. It's getting around that time of the year, you know, where you might see a fake punt, you might see a fake field goal at the right time. You know, if somebody's in that, you know, uh, sort of in between zone between whether should I have punted? Should I go for the field goal? Should I go for it on fourth down? I think this could be the, the time of the of the season and the, and the just the type of game where you might see something a little funky. I'm not saying you're going to see like a Philly Philly, you know, um, Doug Peterson, uh, Nick Foles uh, special come, you know, come down crazy. the pike. But I think I think we're going to see I think we could see some trickery go on this game, especially since those two know each other so well. Another reason I like the Chiefs in that matchup, in this matchup, uh, not only do I think, you know, that, that they can expose that Raiders pass defense. Andy Reid, the Chiefs just had a bye. They won in Mexico City, had the bye. Andy Reid, 17-3 and after the bye, and he's 10-1 and in home contest. So just another stat, you know, in, in his favor here in yeah. this contest. Just hope, they, just hope they go with the momentum. I mean, it's going to be so nice to see – you know, every chief out there that should be out there. I mean, obviously we know there's some guys who are out, out, right. They're, they're on either on injured reserve mm-hmm. or we know they're, they're too hurt to play. But I think every player that we know should be out there is going to be out there. Right. And, and I think, I think the latest injury report I saw, you know, Shady's probable uh, from the concussion. So we should have, you know, Austin Ryder should be, he's probable. He should be out there. They should have full complement the line receiving core, you know, it, it's um, it, it's going to be so nice to see them coming off the bye. We can see what this team looks like, rested and healthy going in, in into a game like this. Because I, I, you know, I I had heard that uh, something was amazing stat: thirteen out of the twenty-two starters that started the season on you know game one, snap one, right? That's usually you know that's your crew, right? That you're starting the season with. Thirteen of those twenty-two have it, have missed some time, and and that's you know to be where we are now at. at you know, at seven and four or, you know, to be hanging in there, you know, with that kind of record um, and, and to, to have that, 
that kind, the kind of uh, impressive shows they've had with those kind of injuries, I, I think this team can only go up from here, obviously, if they stay healthy. Yeah, that's a great point. They're pretty much as healthy as they've, as they've been. Ogba, who's been actually one of the best pass rushers, mm-hmm. he's on injured reserve, so he won't be there. But pretty much everybody else is back. So uh, I think another reason that I, I like the Chiefs in this, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Raiders are going to be competitive. I, you know, it, it's weird. I don't think it's necessarily going to be like a three-point game, but I think the Raiders are going to put up a fight. I'm think the, the line is about 10, and that's kind of what I'm thinking for this game, about a 10 or 12-point win for the Chiefs is kind of what I see. Yeah, I think so too, Jeff. I agree with you. I mean, I, I could see this game, you know – I, I don't think we're going to see anything like we saw in that twenty-eight to ten game. That yeah. you're right. That you you bring up a great point. That was bizarre. I mean, mm-hmm. to have to go down ten. I was like worried when I saw that game. Like, <laughs> oh my God, they're down ten, you know, and, and they're on that crazy field, right, uh, where they're playing baseball field, play with yeah. the baseball, and dirt. you're worried about the dirt. And what if you know if Patrick, uh, you know, can't get things going? You know, you're down ten nothing, and obviously just they just exploded. But then they had that whole lull of a second half. I, I don't think we're going to see a game like that. I think we're going to see a very steady game out of two uh, very improving, not not that, you know, the, the, I think the Chiefs are a better team. I know they're a better team, but they're both still very improving teams. And, and I think we're going to see a more steady game uh, this, this time, this go around. And, you know, I think you're right. I think 10, you know, maybe two touchdowns if the Chiefs really start rolling um, against that young kind of battered team, right? I mean, the, you know, the, the Raiders are missing, you know, their, their number two wide receiver now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, could be, you know, maybe like 28 to 14, you know, 28, 17, you know, some, something like that where, but it, a more back and forth game than a, a seesaw game. Yeah. That's kind of what, how I see it too, Joe. Well, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. And yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Go Chiefs, and uh, it's Raider week. Isn't this exciting, Jeff? What a, what a fun weekend. Yeah, I can't beat that Thanksgiving weekend. The weather should be nice. Got Arrowhead. It's going to be rocking. Uh, so we'll be back next week. We'll, ra- we'll describe what happened in the Raiders week. We'll also talk about preview that big Patriots game coming up. Uh, thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary and tune in. Thanks for listening and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.